Come to chapter 9 of the Adi Lila. Here in this chapter, we it's a brief chapter, and we find a um, metaphorical uh, description of the tree of love of God, hmm. which Chaitanya Mahaprabhu plants and is the gardener of and becomes and um, whose roots extending downward are described, whose main trunk is described as branching into two main trunks and then off of those uh, main trunks innumerable branches as compared to a fig tree. Hmm. Uh, fig is in the in the banyan family, the fig tree and the uh, banyan tree both actually are um, mentioned in Bhakti Rasamrita Sindhu as worshipable hmm? sacred trees. So it's uh, one of the angas, the limbs of Bhakti hmm? to worship the sacred banyan fig tree. <laughs> we have a fig orchard here that we've created. But anyway, here in this chapter, a, uh, the uh, the fruits of the tree, when he begins to speak of them, that are numerous and ex- expanding on all branches, like a great fig tree, he says, need to be distributed widely, and he is but one, one person, hmm. one gardener. What can he do? That so many there's so many figs, and. Uh, <laughs> We know what the experience is like to some extent. Um, it's a metaphor uh, for the fruits of love of God. Prem, the tree, is the uh, tree of love of God, metaphorical tree of love of God. Um, and um, having described the tree and the, and the problem of its many fruits, need to distribute them, he calls upon everyone to participate in the distribution. And so the chapter segues into a very strong emphasis on doing good for others, which the tree is also a metaphor for, as invoked in the Shikshastakam, where Mahaprabhu says that we should be tolerant like a tree, and the description of that tolerance that the tree um, represents in in the text of Chaitanya Charitamrita, in the description of the, the explanation of the Shikshastakam, the last chapter of the of the book, that t- tolerance of the tree extends into a compassionate uh, giving of shelter to others, near in this case fruits, flowers, and and so forth. Um, Chaitanya Mahaprabhu will invoke some verses from the Bhagavatam at the end of this chapter also. Beautiful verses from the uh, the uh, 22nd chapter of the 10th canto where Krishna is um, at some distance from the Vrindavan forest, in the forest. There are 12 forests that make up the, the Vraj Mandal. Some, at some distance, maybe in Kamilan, uh, which is nearing the borders of the Mathura district and uh, there he's 
associated with his various friends, Dogu Krishna, um, uh, Amsu, uh, Sridham, Subal, the Arjun of Braj, Vishal, Rishabha, Ojasvi, Devaprastha, Varutapa, representing the ten, ten directions. Ten, ten directions means north, south, east, and west is four. Then northwest, north, northwest, northeast, southeast, and southwest makes eight. And up is nine, and down is ten. And these boys are thought to uh, surround Krishna and protect him on all sides, in all directions. Hmm. Uh, Devaprasta is the down, so he does this, sweeps this, the pathways. Hmm. And, and uh, you may wonder how the up and down plays out. And so Varutapa is behind with an umbrella, so, protecting over the head and on the ground and in the different directions. So beautifully described there in Bhagavatam. These, these boys are mentioned. And speaking to them, Krishna refers to the, explains his uh, um, vision of the trees and their magnanimity, how they extend themselves um, to the humans in so many ways and how all, so many of their ingredients, the bark can be used for clothes, for rishis and leaves have various uses, obviously in fruits and the branches and and uh, roots and everything and uh, the sap and so he describes them as a very magnanimous uh, species of givers to the human society and um, and then he implores uh, uh, us in speaking to the boys to all become um, participate in the welfare of others. That human life is meant for the participation in the welfare of others. The ultimate welfare of which the upakar means welfare is the par-upakar, means a transcendental well-being, a transcendental compassion that mundane compassion is a shadow of. Hmm? Um, to minister to the need of the self, the atma. We don't neglect the the, the needs of the um, uh, or the uh, material conditions of need and so forth, um, but to tender to them at the cost of tendering to the self is certainly not the full um, face of compassion. So, upakar, para upakar, this word is used here in this chapter in the end, um, refers to the transcendental distribution of the fruits of love of God. Included within that should be some sensibilities, naturally, um, and empathy, I should say, for the suffering conditions of others, whatever they may be. We don't forego the ministering to the self and the direct dispensation, distribution of the prame as it is distributed through sharing the knowledge of Krishna and teaching the, 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 the practices and so forth that we're doing here tonight. I don't give this up to go and open a soup kitchen on Thanksgiving. 
Um, but um, that's not that we don't uh, empathize with the, the physical hunger of the world. We don't see that the feeding people is a solution to hunger. Hmm? It only lasts a little while and then hunger comes back again. Obviously, so it is with all material conditions, but we certainly empathize with them. We don't give up the higher call as we are called to be involved in for the lesser call of compassion, but we don't embrace the higher call in a way that makes us steely and cold uh, as if it's the tough karma of people and, um, uh, and we don't want to be involved in their suffering. This is a, a problem that sometimes occurs in, in, um, in those who misunderstand the, uh, the teaching that one should become. If one is progressing, soft-hearted, but then wise, in terms of how to apply one's soft-heartedness um, to do the, the best, most good that one can. I've told before the famous, well, it's famous because I've said it a few times, <laughs> story of how Prabhupada was standing on the balcony in the rented house in Calcutta, and there was a beggar down below with a... Um, maybe with a, without an arm or something like that. And one of his disciples said to Prabhupada, you know, sometimes I actually feel um, compassionate for them, mm-hmm. as if I'm sorry that I'm, I'm in Maya, that I feel sorry for material conditions. I know it's just his karma. And so, and Prabhupada replied to him, why, why only sometimes? Mm-hmm. So, the shadow of compassion, if you will, is included within the, uh, the full face of of compassion. An interesting topic, and hopefully we'll go into it a little bit. We were discussing it a little bit the other day. Um, um, in terms of compassion being the uh, the, uh, the real the basis of of um, moral morally upright pursuit and that which it culminates in. So, maybe we get to that in time. This is an overview, anyway, of the chapter, most of which is involved in just talking about the tree and its different branches and so forth. This chapter, incidentally, is uh, followed by then three chapters, 10, 11, and 12, in which the principal devotees of Chaitanya Mahaprabhu, who were more associated with him, and and then those who were more associated with Nityananda Prabhu, those who came in the in the in the lineage and the following of Advaita and of Gadadhar mentioned over as I say, chapter ten, eleven and twelve. And all of those mentioned are that's the extended those chapters constitute the extended description of this tree in which the branches are listed although there are many, there are innumerable and so forth, principal branches, and it basically refers to a good number of devotees. Um, um, maybe there's 64, maybe there's more. I I didn't, uh, I never counted them there. But um, a number of devotees who uh, represent the eternal entourage of Krishna in Vrindavan appearing with Krishna is Chaitanya Mahaprabhu Gaur Krishna in Navadvip. So with them, the work is going on. We are like 
some sub-branch, some twig on the tree, something like that that's always expanding and, and so forth. Um, and so that concludes with the, the 12th chapter. A good section of the theology and philosophy in, the, uh, in terms of the Mongol verses and their explanation, and 14 of them, a, uh, a refutation of, 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 of Advaita Vad, Mayavad philosophy, in chapter 7, an explanation of further glorification of the Panchatattva and their method of distribution, the virtues of Krishna, Chaitanya, Gornam, hmm? mercy of Gor, Nityananda, and, and how uh, Kaviraj Goswami came to write Chaitanya Charitamrita. Hmm? Then here in the ninth verses, ninth chapter, as I say, the metaphorical, allegorical tree of love of God is described, and then the branches and, and all the players, the principal players in the Gaur-lila are introduced, and then in chapter 13 the drama begins. Hmm? And the advent of Chaitanya Mahaprabhu, the description of the conditions in Navadvip, the time, the, uh, speaking about Madhavan Puri and uh, Ishwar Puri and Sachi and Jagannath, who came before him, and so forth. And then the birth of Chaitanya Mahaprabhu, and so forth. This way, the narrative uh, proceeds. So we're in kind of a heading now towards the end of the uh, introduction to the narrative, to the Leela itself. Mm-hmm. Those chapters, the chapters that follow this one, 10, 11, and 12, really just consist of name after name after name after name of the different associates. It's a beautiful exercise to just uh, sing them, commit them to memory, go over the chapters and sing, and, uh, and do kirtan of the uh, the names of the various associates of Chaitanya Mahaprabhu, Nityananda, Gradhar, Advaita, and so forth. There's not much explanation there. I mean, you could go into an elaborate explanation of each one and every one of them, uh, as much as there has been written something written about them, um, many of them not much. Some of them have been ex- described in greater detail um, in the text and play a more prominent role in the text, and so forth. So, some uh, introductory commentary on them could be given in those sections, and and most of them are mentioned in Kavikarnapur's Gorgonadesh Deepika. Hmm. Gorgana, the group of Gor, hmm, and the Deepika, Gona Odish, uh, a, a description of, uh, that sheds light, Deepika, on the Gorgana, the group of Gor, and in light of who they are in the Krishna Leela, hmm, is the idea. Um, so we find a um, the way in which Prabhupada treated those chapters was basically to refer um, to Varagana Deshtipika for the most part in his comments and connect or show us the connection between um, the associates of Chaitanya Mahaprabhu and Gaur Lila and, and, um, and who they are in, in Krishna Lila. So, this is where we are in the great text of Chaitanya Charitamrita, again, as is typical, his first verse is a verse of his own 
Sanskrit composition. Tam Srimad Krishna Chaitanya Devam Bande Jagadgurum Yasyanukumpaya Swapi Mahabdim Santaretsukam He says Tam Srimat Krishna Chaitanya Devam Bande Let me offer my obeisances unto Chaitanya Mahaprabhu who is the Jagad Guru Yasya Anukampaya who's the the Jagad Guru uh, the spiritual master of the world who uh, who Anukampaya who's uh, by whose mercy he says hmm? a uh, a dog can swim across the ocean difficult task he wants to say by his grace then it's uh, wonderful things can be accomplished and he's really coming from the previous chapter he's really thinking that this, this is my situation so by his grace it's possible for me to write this book which is an ocean of unlimited nectar and underlying philosophy and theology and it has no limits its depth is, is unfathomable hmm? and I'm standing at the shore of it really and I've been asked to write about it and my limitations are such that I feel like I'm a dog and I'm trying to swim across that ocean how is it possible hmm? by his grace it's possible and I will be successful Jai hmm? Jai Sri Chaitanya Jai Jai Sri Krishna Chaitanya Gauchandra Jai Advaita Jai Jai Nityananda Victory to Sri Krishna Chaitanya who is known as Gaur Hari He is the Golden Hari hmm? All glories to Advaita Charja Nityananda Prabhu Jai Jai Sri Vasadi Gaur Bhaktakan Sarva Bishtu Purihetu Chahara Smaran. Glories to the devotees of Chaitanya Mahaprabhu, headed by Srivastakur. In order to fulfill all my desires, I remember their lotus feet. Sri Rup Sanatan Bhattaragunath, Sri Jiba Gupal Bhattaragunath. He offers his. He chants the names of the six Goswamis of Vrindavan. Eshub Prashade Liki Chaitanya Lilaguna Jane Vana Jani Kori Apna Shodana. It is by the mercy of all these Vaishnavas and Gurus that I attempt to write about the pastimes and the qualities of Sri Chaitanya Mahaprabhu. Whether I know it or not, it is for self purification that I write this book. There is a famous verse that um, is said to have appeared from the uh, Mahadev, Shiva deity in, in Varanasi and Benares when the famous Sridhar Swami of ancient times wrote his commentary on the Bhagavatam that was not 
in line with Advaita Siddhanta. And Benares, we know, is a, is a is kind of a center of Advaitavad. This is where Chaitanya Mahaprabhu converted Prakashananda Saraswati and so forth. Um, there were no devotees there except Chandrasekhar and Tapan Mishra, Mahaprabhu had sent Tapan there. So, Sridhar Swami wrote the commentary and the, the perspective on the commentary of Jiva Goswami, who, um, who, who, cites him, he, who cites him in his own commentary, Sanatana's cites, um, Ishvanath Chakrabhitakur cites, and so forth, and Chaitanya Mahaprabhu appreciated. There's a leela um, that's described in, in the Antilila, the final section of Chaitanya Charitamrita, where um, the uh, Mahaprabhu's Chaitanya Dev's appreciation of Sridhar Swami of yours is, is expressed to Balaba, who's a later follower of the same lineage that Sridhar Swami came in and a contemporary of Chaitanya Mahaprabhu. And uh, the uh, the commentary is described also in Tattva Sandarbha of Jiva Goswami, the commentary of Sridhar Swami on the Bhagavatam, to be one in which he wrote with a preaching strategy, <laughs> another example of a preaching strategy, a preaching strategy in mind. So he had wrote to a Dwayt in a, in, a, in a circle of the Dwaitans, for the most part, um, it came out with the Vaishnav commentary, but if you look at it from one side, it looks a Dwayt, and you look over here and say, that's not a, a, a Dwayt. And so Jiva Goswami says that he, uh, basically, this is what he says, he had a preaching strategy to bring in the Advaitins, something like that. And, um, and, and they took note of it, and they thought, this is odd, this is, wait a minute here, this is not like... Uh, we explain everything, but it had to wait and has to wait and um, shades to it, something like that. So anyway, the, the old story is that the book the commentary was placed before the deity of Shiva, and for him to weigh in on it himself, Shiva, and a verse came out of the deity somehow, and uh, the verse is something like. Um, Rajo Veti. Aham veti, sukham veti, rajo veti, no veti va. Hmm? Be, I, I, she was speaking, I know the meaning of the Srimad Bhagavata. Aham veti, sukho veti, Sukadev knows the meaning. Raj veti, no veti va. The Raj Parikshit may know it, he may not know it. Hmm? Um, but Sridhar Swami, the verse goes on to say, Sridhar Swami, by the grace of Nishinga, Dev, he knows the meaning of Srimad Bhagavatam. And uh, Nishinga Dev was the Ishtadevata, the, the personal deity of Sridhar Swami. Hmm. And uh, the significance of this verse here, there's a similar verse that comes in Chaitanya Charitamrita without identifying where it comes from. Where it is said, Hambeti Sukambeti Vyasu Veti Naveti Va. I know that she was, she was, she was speaking. Um, I forget. I know the meaning. I know the meaning. 
Sugadev knows the meaning. Vyas may know the meaning. Vyas may not know the meaning. Hmm. Um, and the implication here is this is the line that's important and it comes in, in different ways. Raj may know the meaning, he may not. Mark Vyas, the author, may know the meaning, may not. And it's more relative to hear what's being said by Krishna Kaviraj Goswami. Um, I'm writing it. I may know the meaning or I may not, but Madan Gopal, through me, is speaking it. Something's coming. I'm making myself available for the divine flow. Something um, like that. Hmm? So, Vyas wrote the Bhagavatam. He may know the meaning. He may not know the meaning. Um, um, Parikshit Marsh heard he may, he may not, but something like that. And the implication is that it's possible that things may come through us hmm, that we never heard before or thought of and and um, um, Bhagavan may use devotees uh, in certain ways. We, we, we look at the commentaries for example, of the Goswamis on the Bhagavatam, and we think they know the Bhagavatam more than Vyas. They're, they're, how they're elaborating on it and explaining it. At least, at least we, he might have known, but he didn't bring it out in such fullness as the commentaries do, and the implications, and so on and so forth. You know, people were we used to distribute Prabhupada's books, and and sometimes you'd meet these. people, people who didn't like the purports. They didn't like the idea that there were purports. They just wanted the, you know, the text itself. And, of course, to give a contrast, once when Prabhupada was working on his Gita commentary, um, he employed some of his disciples, as he did with all of his books, um, who knew Sanskrit, who had learned, um, to assist in the translations. Um, and there was a question about some verse, and I think Prabhupada said, um, well, just, you know, if you don't know, know it, or what, just use um, so-and-so's ver- translation. Hmm? And then he said, they, he said, well, Prabhupada, that would be like plagiarism. He said, well, plagiarism, it's Krishna's words. What are you talking about? Of course, it's a different sensibility in Indian tradition of commentarial tradition than there is in the West with regard to repeating what others say and not necessarily saying um, where it came from. Uh, you can find that sometimes. Um, but anyway, probably wanted to say, anyway, the translation is not the main thing, it's the purport that, that, that matters. And, and we as a lineage are, of course, an example of that. It's the commentary and the explanation of the texts by our acharyas that that form the the the, uh, the sect or the lineage of Chaitanya Vaishnavism of Gaudiya Vaishnavism. Hmm? I had a discussion with a with a fellow once another sannyasi who was who was um, um, I was emphasizing the, the commentaries of the Goswamis, and he is a Sanskritist with a degree in Sanskrit and so forth. And and he said, well, why don't we just go to the core books themselves? And he said, uh, he said, 
that uh, Chaitanya Charitamrita says that that uh, that uh, that the Bhagavatam itself is is Krishna. Hmm? So obviously, I I said, well, yeah, that's what the Chaitanya Charitamrita says. <laughs> This is, that's what I mean. <laughs> we, we, we have our own books that, be, that have it, they take on a canonical uh, type of uh, uh, scriptural. Um, uh, they're scripture for us, and they are the commentaries on the core texts that are commented commented on in different ways, and, and as a result, different lineages form and so forth. So again. A, underscoring the importance of the founding the charges and their um, explanations and so forth. And we, the followers of them, should represent them accurately. Hmm. Um, so here, Krishna's Kavaras Goswami is saying, I, I, whether I know or not, hmm, I'm writing this for my own purification. Something is coming through me. And, of course, he's speaking humbly. We think he knows the meaning of what he what he's writing about, but um, his statement here brings that uh, those verses I mentioned uh, to mind. The um, the I believe the verse that I mentioned from Chaitanya Charitamrita that's similar to the one that came from the um, deity of Mahadev. That verse goes on to say. But Sridharaswami knows the meaning of Bhagavatam um, by the mercy of Nishringadev. The one in Chaitanya Charge with the side that says Vyas may know, he may not know, Vyasa Vitina Vetiva, um, goes on to say Nabudaya Natikaya. Hmm? Uh, he wants to say not by intelligence and just studying Atika, the commentary, can you know the Bhagavatam, but you have to surrender yourself. To, you have to hear the Tika not for intellectual kind of titillation or something like that, but here with a view to imbibe and put into practice um, um, that which is heard and in this way um, builds, so to speak, a, a temple in the heart for Radha and Krishna to dwell in. Hmm? Um, by bhakti, it says... Hmm? Nabudaya Natikaya. Mm. Only by by bhakti will it be properly understood. Of course, it's bhakti to hear the tikas of our acharyas, but there's a spirit in which we will hear them. To hear submissively. To hear for, again, for changing the heart. To use the head to soften the heart. Not just to fill the head with some information and so forth. So, there's a nice spirit here of his writing when we've been hearing this in, uh, in the previous chapter as well. He, now, here's another Sanskrit verse, appears of his own. Malakara Swayam Krishna, Prema Mara Torusvayam, Data Bhukta Tat Valanam, Yastam Chaitanya Mashraye. I take shelter of so I am Krishna. <clears throat> Chaitanya Mahaprabhu, who himself is the tree of transcendental love of God, its gardener, and also the bestower and enjoyer of its fruits. 
प्रभु कहे आमी विश्वम्बर नामधारी नाम साठ तक होय यदि प्रेम विश्व बढ़े चैतन्य महाप्रभु प्रभु कहे ही सैद आमी विश्वम्बर नामधारी आई एम विश्वम्बर दैट इज माय नेम सो बर्थ ही वाज गिवन द नेम विश्वम्बर मींस विश्वम्बर रिफर्स टू द यूनिवर्स विश्वम्बर मींस लाइक द मेंटेनर ऑफ द यूनिवर्स so he thought to himself said to himself my name is vishwambar one who maintains the universe saart its meaning its real meaning the implications of it will be actualized if i can realize if i can fill the whole universe with the love of god so the way in which he maintains the world is not the way in which vishnu maintaining the world it's a in a special way by the, the norm here is that vishnu maintains the world vishnu um the one mahavishnu becomes many and from a hetero het homo genet genet homogenous homogenous homo from homogenetic <laughs> from homogeneity to heterogeneity hmm? the one becomes many hmm? of course this is this is a, a, a beginning within no beginning hmm? so this one becoming many happens again and again and again and there's no beginning to its happening the one becoming many the one becoming many and um and lokavat tulila kaivalyam it's described out of out of joy the one becomes many hmm? to expand his 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 joy so to speak um just like if you're feeling happy you want to throw a party something like that it also means that because it's speaking about the manifesting of the world cycle Hmm. a kind of creation not really a creation because he's not really making something out of out of nothing for one or even taking ingredients and like a machinist making something the ingredients are already there hmm they're eternally existing they have no beginning and so forth hmm. and they're manifesting and coming becoming unmanifest waking and sleeping so to speak with uh with his own own movements and um this is a an interesting uh concept there are in christian uh uh theology there are a couple of prominent schools today the classical theists and then there's the theistic personalists as they're called or sometimes the neo theists hmm. and um the classical theists they refer back to Aristotle Plato Aquinas of the Catholics and so forth and uh these early writings and they make a a habitic sense of the godhood who is the ground of being and they more readily identify with other traditions who speak similarly like the vedanta tradition about 
the Godhead. Hmm? And they distance themselves from the theistic personalists who have God's kind of like a, a maker. He's the intelligent designer. Hmm? He's the intelligent designer. He's more intelligent in his design work because he can put the inorganic, non-living material parts together in a way that life, that they become living. Hmm? And this <laughs> is an idea of the theistic personalists that is thought to be in opposition to materialism, which says that the in non-living matter becomes living matter. Hmm? So in one sense, the only difference is that they say that God put the puzzle together in a way that nobody else could, but non-living matter becomes living matter. Hmm? So the classical theists, they, they, they don't like that idea. They're not for this intelligent design idea. Hmm? And they think that the criti criticisms of the new atheists of theism is largely aimed at this theistic personalism where God um, is not being itself, but a being. Hmm? And is not goodness itself, but the perfect moral person Hmm? Who's maybe has no body, but but is um, more of a person somehow. Hmm? So one school is a less personal in their perspective and more metaphysical, and uh, and again it, it identifies or corresponds more with some of the, the Indian. Hindu notions of the Godhead, and the other is 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 more um, um, easier in one sense to to attack. Where is the sky? You know, you living in the sky somewhere, or, or something like that. Um, of course, there are sophisticated arguments on the part of the the uh, the uh, both groups, but. While the, while the classical theists just tend to dismiss the theistic personalists' conception of the person of Godhead, they, on the other, in turn, and, and think you're just playing in the hands of the atheists, it's easier for them to defeat you. They, on the other hand, dismiss the classical theists' idea of God, which is so vague that they think that sounds kind of like you sound like a pantheist practically and uh, and where is that compassionate God and and uh, he's disappeared and so forth so <laughs> these are two schools of, of thought um, and um, our tradition on the other hand seems to um, to dismiss the theistic personalism hmm? And the kind of limited idea that of God being a person that the classical theists um, dismiss, and it identifies with God as the ground of being, but then, or Brahman, hmm, but then 
going further on the other side, this Brahman is a person, and Brahman is actually the is 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 a, um, um, that person is really the basis of Brahman, and as I've explained it, that Brahman is everywhere, the ground of being, and in 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 relation to Bhakti, then that ground of being is is, is moving, dancing, and becomes concentrated, becomes a super person. Do you follow me? Hmm? So when we speak of Krishna, then we have to differentiate. It's not the Krishna, the God, uh, the sky God type, huh, who's the creator, but he is being it's itself. Hmm? And so it's an interesting uh, uh, idea where we kind of include uh, both. The personality of the God that is there, and the personal possibility of the personal relationship is there in, in transcendence, in a med- the meditative realm, and so forth. And uh, and He is also the ground of being. And this is what Krishna says in the Gita that everything's in Me, and I'm a, apart from everything as well. So this is a, a panentheistic idea, and there are different versions of panentheism. But ours is one in which many of which. The versions of panentheism, this classical theism, differentiates itself from Christian panentheism, but it has some similarities to it. In that the God is sent, tends to be vague in the in the Christian uh, versions of, of panentheism, which is becoming more popular now. Um, but in our form of panentheism, obviously, the personality of God it is not vague at all. The, the descriptions of Him are are very detailed, and there's an underlying philosophy to him that, as I say, makes him to use, I think it was Paul Tillich, that theologian's phrase, the ground of, of being. He is, he is Brahman. He is the, well, to use our term, the Param Brahman, the Parabrahman, Brahman, and more, something like that. Satchitananda, concentrated. Hmm. His movement is not the karmic movement. It's a different kind of movement. Leela. Hmm. So we have a good something to offer there, it would seem. Hmm. Somehow we got into that. Um, we're speaking about Vishvambar. So, so here, Vishvambar is a name for Mahavishnu. Mahavishnu is the ground of being. He's the maintainer of the of, of the world. Uh, another 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 expression of the very ground of being of the Godhead. And he the one becomes many. Hmm? And um, and it's like I said, if you are alone and you're happy you, you, you want to throw a party. Um, so he becomes many. Becomes many out of love means out of lila means not that he has anything to accomplish. He needs something. Hmm? So the movement of the Godhead is not out of necessity, out of a lacking, but out of a fullness. So in celebration of himself, he throws a party, hmm? and so he manifests people for the party, something like that. That's us. This is this is the Tathasta Shakti, the Jiva Shakti. It's not that he's creating them at a certain time. They are always existing, and they come 
issue forth and the party's over, so to speak, at night. They go back in. And, of course, because he provide, presides over the Maya Shakti, then there becomes a problem for the, for the jivas, which are of the imprint of him, like him, but different from him. Someone asked today on the Tatpavivek, I didn't answer it, but he asked, is Krishna in the heart inherent in every Atma? Hmm? The answer is no. Hmm? Krishna is not in every Atma. Hmm? The Paramatma feature of Bhagavan Sri Krishna is in every Atma. But how is he in every Atma? Jiva Goswami describes in Paramatma Sandarbha the various qualities or attributes or aspects, what what a jiva is constituted of, the last of which is that he that he has that he has a a bond with the Paramatma. Hmm? So you have to understand it like, like like we have a bond with our source. Some and our source is inside us in that way. There's a natural um, tendency of any child to seek out their their source if they don't know if they're adopted, for example. We find Brahma seeking his source. Who am I? Where am I from? What's my family tree? You know, you can get on the internet and find out. You know, you put in your DNA and they trace it out for you, and you can find your relatives and so forth. Um, so this is a popular, popular kind of a thing. So. So in this sense, hmm, um, Vishnu means all-pervasive, he's everywhere. Hmm? But these things, just like we say, pan-entheism, it means pan-everywhere, everything, in, in God. But it, it's not necessarily a loca- location that it's speaking of. But there's different ways in which it could be in, everything could be in God. Hmm? Um, so, Mahavishnu, he, the world expands, right? Hmm? And and he maintains the world hmm? as the witness, and he's described figuratively as like one of two birds in the tr- body, the, uh, the the tree, which is the body. The other bird is the jivatma, hmm? as the paramatma. He's sitting in the same tree, and he's witnessing the other bird that's tasting bitter and sweet fruits. Hmm? That means involved in the karmic life. Witnessing and fulfilling, sanctioning desires and so on and so forth. And because of the plight of the jiva, he manifests, hmm? he makes avatar or the, 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 the guru comes, directs us towards him within. Hmm? So when we say that Vishnu is the maintainer of the world, it's good to talk a little bit about what the world is and, and how he's maintaining. He, Yes, he's maintaining, he's making it all go on, but really his whole ambition in one sense, spiritual ambition, joyful lila, this is called the Shristi lila, is that the jivas will meet their, their maker, join the party. In Vaikuntha, he is the first manifestation of Narayan outside of Vaikuntha. 
so that Narayan can experience compassion. And there's a corresponding world, as we've explained, and so forth. So this is the the whole Shristi Lila. It's really full of compassion. It's really based on compassion, hmm? the desire of Narayan to experience compassion. So he's nourishing the world, uh, maintaining the world, in, in, in this way, with these things in mind. Hmm? And so here comes Vishwambar, Siman Mahaprabhu, Vishwambar Mishra, named Vishwambar, the maintainer of the world. And he thinks, well, Vishnu is the maintainer of the world, and really he's sustaining it, maintaining it, and its whole purpose is 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 to uh, that the jivas may uh, uh, attain attain mukti. There are different kinds of mukti, of course. Mostly, we're speaking about Vaishnav mukti, joining the Narayan and his planet and being one of his associates, having opulences like Narayan and uh, form like Narayan and so on and so forth. Hmm? Their Sayuja Mukti is there also. That's a, thought to be, from the Gaudiya perspective, somewhat uh, un, un, undesirable. And, and, and one goes there by Gyan, mixed with, um, with Bhakti. But at any rate, he, he wants them to sort of meet their maker enter the, and, be, and be liberated. And so Mahaprabhu is Vishwambar. He wants the same thing, but he is the bearer of something more than Vishnu. This is a special dispensation. Chaitanya Mahaprabhu is Krishna himself. He's not an avatar of Vishnu. And we know from earlier in the pages of Chaitanya Charitamrita through the pen of Krishna's Kaviraj Goswami, Krishna speaking, saying, I would like to let the jivas meet with me personally, closely, get to know me as I am. If they worship me at all, uh, they do it either for, for things for the most part or for getting away from things or for having some formal reverential relationship with me. That doesn't do much for me, Krishna speaking. So this is Chaitanya Mahaprabhu's special advent of Krishna who wants to bestow rag bhakti. And so... He's coming in the in place of the Yuga Avatar, so to speak. So this is a very special concession, the time of Chaitanya Mahaprabhu, where the jivas have the opportunity to embrace the Rag Marg and enter Vrindavan. Hmm? If that that's not something that's inherent in everyone, obviously. If it's inherent, then what are you going to bestow? Hmm? It's already there. There's no special gift. There's a gift of Chaitanya Mahaprabhu special concession in the midst of the work of of Mahavishnu hmm? kind of like you know the uh, the penthouse suite has been opened up top and, and in the party and you can go go up there and meet you know the person who's behind it all something like that and intimate intimate terms hmm? so he's thinking like this and uh, if my name is to be realized then I will have to fill the whole world with praying. Hmm? I have to give my this. To pray. This is what I have. Hmm? I have. To, I have to, uh, I'm the maintainer of the world, but in a special way. Hmm? With Mahavishnu will do. Try to give praying of Baikuntha, but I'm giving it something, something 
something more. Eta chinti loila prabhu malakar dharma. Navadvipe arambila phalo dhyana karma. Thinking in this way, he accepted the duty of a gardener and began to grow a garden in Navadvip. That's a nice metaphor. Sri Chaitanya Malakar Pritibiti Ani Bhakti Kalpataru Rupila Sinchi Icha Pani. Thus the Lord brought the desire tree of Bhakti. Bhakti Kalpataru to this earth and became its gardener. He sowed the seed and sprinkled upon it the water of his will. Jai Sri Madhavendra Puri Krishna Prem Pura Bhakti Kalpa Taru Tenho Pratama Ankur So we know that Chaitanya Mahaprabhu founded his own Sampradaya but we know also that he had a guru and we know about his Param Guru. Ishwar Puri was his guru. The Param Guru was Madhavendra Puri. Hmm. So here he says that uh, Chaitanya Mahaprabhu brought a kalpa riksha. Kalpa riksha is the desire tree, the proverbial desire tree from which all of anyone's desires can be fulfilled. Hmm. And he says, Glories to Madhavendra Puri, the storehouse of devotional service unto Krishna. He is a desire tree of bhakti. And it is in him that the seed of bhakti first fructified. This means the seed of what Chaitanya Mahaprabhu came to give, which is again different from what you find in the Madhva Sampradaya. Ishwar Puri is coming in the Madhva and, and, and Madhavanipur coming in the Madhva Sampradaya, but something different is appearing in the Sampradaya, some different possibility hmm, than previous to the time of Chaitanya Mahaprabhu's um, descent. And so what's, what's being said here is that he, he arra- Chaitanya Mahaprabhu arranged for Madhavendra Puri to come to the world, hmm, his Param Guru. And, and, for, in, and in the Madhva Sampradaya, and in him, that um, the, 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 really the, in him the love for Krishna in the mood of Radha, Hmm. manifest. This is described later on in the narrative when Madhavendra Puri is leaving the world and he's lamenting and he's lamenting in the mood of Radha and, and one of his disciples goes Gurudev, at the time of death we shouldn't lament about anything. Hmm. That was what was his name? Ramchandra Puri. He was dismissed and Ishwar Puri was tending to the to the bodily necessities of the of um, um, Madhavendra Puri, and was not uh, confused by such. He got that same um, bhava, hmm? and and also the blessing to become the guru of Chaitanya Mahaprabhu. So Chaitanya Mahaprabhu has a guru, Param Guru, and so forth. But he's ar- arranged for them to appear in the world. He's arranged for this seed of what he's about, the love that he's about, to appear in the person of Madhavendra Puri. So this is, figuratively speaking, um, 
in the context of this uh, metaphor of the tree, Ishwarpuri is the seed. It means that, that in the world, hmm, in terms of a sampradaya, a lineage, through which a certain spiritual ideal will be systematically taught, we find this first in Madhavendra Puri. The ideals of Chaitanya Mahaprabhu are in the Bhagavatam, obviously. Hmm? They're in the, the writing of Jayadev Goswami, Skita Govinda, Chandidas, these poets also who are bards, minstrels who traveled around. Um, Mahaprabhu used to cite their verses and like their verses. And, and the idea of Radha Dasyam, or let us say Radha's love for Krishna, Radha Bhav, Radha Prem, is found there. But it's not taught there. And they can be misinterpreted just to be ordinary love poems and so on and so forth. But in, a, in terms of being taught in a systematic way in a sampradaya, this is what Chaitanya Mahaprabhu was doing. And in that sampradaya, it's in the Madhva sampradaya, but we find this wonderful thing coming out of Madhavendra Puri. It couldn't have come from Madhva. Where does it come from? Here we find Chaitanya Mahaprabhu arranged it. So figuratively he's saying that Madhavendra Puri is a desire tree. And I and I took a seed from there and I planted it. And, and that it, it's this conception is growing in him, passed on to Ishwarpuri, and then came in Chaitanya Mahaprabhu, Nityananda Prabhu, and so on and so forth. Hmm. So, in this way, Madhavendra Puri is sometimes described as a desire tree. In I think in Gauragandadeshi Pika, he's described as as a kalpa riksha of Brindavan. Hmm. It's a uh, Figurative. I mean, he's in, in Gopi Bhava. Of course, the, the trees, the creepers, the vines, and, and whatnot. Um, the vines, in particular, are described as to be in Madhuri Rasa. Trees, maybe, also in, in Sakya Rasa. Shri Vish Ishwar Puri Rupe Ankur Pushta Huila Apana Ichaitanya Mali Skandu Upajila The seed of devotional service next fructified in the form of Shri Ishwar Puri, as I've been describing. And then the gardener himself, Chaitanya Mahaprabhu, became the main trunk of the tree of bhakti. Nijachintya shakti mali hanskanda hoi sakala sakhar seiskanda mulashrai by his achintya shakti his inconceivable power. Chaitanya Mahaprabhu became the gardener, the trunk, and the branches simultaneously. Hmm. Well, it has to be inconceivable to do all those things at once, to be the tree, to be the gardener of the tree, to be the branches. Hmm. Of course, the branches are the different devotees as well, but he, they are one with him, is the point. The tree of love of God is one with him. Hmm. Paramananda Puri Ar Keshava Bharati, Brahmananda Puri Ar Brahmananda Bharati, Vishnu Puri Kesha Puri Puri Krishnananda, Srinashinga Tirta Ar Puri Sukhananda, Eva Navamula Nishka, Eva Navamula Nasi Nikasila Brikshamule, E Navamule Briksha Korila Nishale. So he renames the nine roots of the tree. We've got the seed. It's, it's, it's sprouting. 
a seed, it sprout, seed in the form of Madhavinda Puri, the sprout in the form of Vishwar Puri. And of course Mahabhu becomes the trunk and, and then the trunk expands into Advaita, Nityananda, and the many branches, and so forth. And then there's roots. So the roots are described. Who are they? They are the Nava A Navamula Nikasila Brikshumule. These are the roots, the nine roots. They are the nine sannyasis in Chaitanya Lila, who are sannyasis, the nine principal sannyasis, elders of Chaitanya Mahaprabhu. Um, and their names are given Paramananda Puri, hmm? Keshava Bharati, Brahmananda Puri, Brahmananda Bharati, Vishnu Puri, Kesha Puri, Krishnananda Puri, Srinashinga Tirtha, and Sukhananda Puri. These are the names. Puri, Tirtha, Bharati. These are the sannyas names. And then individual um, Tirthas, individual Puris, individual um, Tirtha Puri, Bharati. Um, so it's significant that the they are compared to the roots because obviously the tree of devotional service which is full of fruits of love of God, and it's it's moving. It will be described later as a moving tree. It dances and and so on and so forth. Um, and and all of this movement of love of God that looks worldly, aprakrit. It looks like the worldly activity, but is but is uh, entirely different. Supra super transcendental is rooted in renunciation. The seed is is a bhakti, but bhakti goes up and it goes down. So the muktirhitpanyatarupam swarupenavastitihi. Our bhakti is such that chetadarpanamarjuna cleanses the heart. There is detachment. Vasudevi bhagavati bhakti yoga prayojita janayati ashu bhairagyam gyanam chayroitikam. Hmm? Because by practicing bhakti one becomes detached so there's, this is, we're not rooted in the world hmm? we're rooted in, in detachment exemplified by sannyasis these were older senior men Brahmananda Bharati was known to only wear a deer skin for example hmm? and these were seniors to Chaitanya Mahaprabhu Brahmananda Puri was the was the main how do you call it tap root the tap root so he went down in the center hmm? and then eight others coming out like this on all on the ground holding the tree hmm? and uh, they were all seniors elders of Chaitanya Mahaprabhu he respected them they were initiated by Madhavendra Puri and uh, um, a number of them at least not all of them I don't think they're their gurus are mentioned, but Parmananda Puri was is the famous, most famous one of them. He's a disciple of um, of, of, of Madhavendra Puri, who, who would be then um, a a god brother of Chaitanya Mahaprabhu's guru, Ishwar Puri. So Mahaprabhu showed so much respect for him. Hmm? He said at one point, "I'm only living in the world because of the good behavior of Parmananda Puri." Hmm. Brahmananda Puri was thought to be Uddhava of Krishna Lila. 
Krishna's advisor. So in Gaurlila, he's ad- ad- advising Chaitanya Mahaprabhu at different times. And Mahaprabhu is respecting him just like like um, his own guru, Ishwar Puri. Brahmanya Puri came to um, to um, Jagannath Puri, spent time with Chaitanya Mahaprabhu. Bharati was there also. Keshwar Bharati, of course, is his sannyas guru. Hmm? Who's thought to be Sandipani Muni, and sometimes he's thought to be Akrura, who took Krishna away from Mathura, from Vrindavan. So Keshav Bharati, giving the sannyas, took Chaitanya Mahaprabhu away from Navadvip. Akrura's hmm. a devotee, too. Well, devotees, the gopis cursed him. <laughs> uh, so, anyway, they're very special persons, and they were extremely um, um, renounced people. Of course, they were men. They were very um, intimidated at the same time by the renunciation of Chaitanya Mahaprabhu. As a 25-year-old, 24-year-old boy, um, his standards of renunciation frightened them, made them feel like themselves like sense enjoyers, uh, comparatively. So it's a it's a it's a it's a good point. It's emphasized here that this this uh, love and um, Love affairs of Radha and Krishna, music, the dance, and the, the feasting, and the world apparent worldliness, and so forth, of Chaitanya Lila and of Krishna Lila is rooted in detachment from the world. It's not again that we cultivate detachment directly; we cultivate love of God. But this detachment should be coming about. And so. Roots go down if the tree is to go up. Sprout comes and roots are going down. So it's going in both ways at the same time. The roots, of course, will only go so deep and the tree will go very, very high. Hmm? Hmm? Right? Enter into Goloka. Hmm? Like a redwood tree. That's right. So, this will stop here tonight with the description of the roots of the tree. We can get our feet on the ground. As we look up to the uh, to the various trunk, the various branches, and the fruits of love, O God, supreme bhakti ki jai. Any question? Yes. Uh, what could be a, a Saraswati explanation of when he says that he he does it for his own purification? Saraswati explanation? Yeah, like, uh, when, when, like, Jeeva Goswami comments on something Rupa Goswami says like that, then Jeeva Goswami says this is Saraswati, like, like, he kind of twists his... Oh, 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 no, on, on, I see what you mean, on what now? Hmm? Saraswati explanation of what? Uh, of, of, oh, when... When Krishna does says, "I may know them," uh, I'm just doing this for my own purification, and you want us to say uh, what something that well, it sounds humble or something. I haven't thought about that. You don't know what he's asking about, like some like I've said before. For example, Krishna does says, "I'm lower than the, uh, the worm in the stool. Anyone who chants my name, anyone who hears my name, will." lose their piety. Anybody who chants my name will commit impious acts. And so our interpretation of it, which is sometimes means that, like they say, like Saraswati, the goddess of learning, is dancing on his tongue. He's saying one thing, it sounds like one thing, but the real meaning is, anyone who hears my name, 
will lose all their um, uh, their um, their bad karma. Hmm. That's a, and uh, anyone or good karma, and anyone who chants my name will perform the the uh, will be involved in the bad karma, the um, inappropriate activities of Goloka, mm-hmm. assisting Radha and Krishna in their parakya, something like that, which appears to, something like that. So we, we 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 find something positive in it while he's deprecating himself and 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 so forth. Uh, I don't know how you will think about what he says here. He's, it's, it's, it's obviously he's very humble, and uh, he says, "I'm writing this book, and I may know the meaning. I may not. More or less, he's saying. Of course, we know he knows the meaning, but at the moment, all I can say is he's, he's, he's very humble and sets a very good um, example in this regard. He is really the prominent example of the humility that Chaitanya Mahaprabhu mandates in the Shikshastakam, Krishna's Kaviraj Goswami." He comes up repeatedly in his in his writing. What else? What's the time? Oh, a little later. Okay, we'll stop there. Simon Mahaprabhu ki jai. Tanand Prabhu ki jai.